Locus of Derps Talk About Games. I'm your co-host, Mango. And I am your co-host, Buddy. And today we're going to talk a little bit about Pepsi Man. <laughs> but before we do that, Buddy, why don't you tell the folks at home what it is we do on this podcast? <laughs> on this podcast, we like to talk about games. But you know what? You know what? Listen, we sometimes, we take a break, okay? Everybody's got a little, a little pop culture in them. And one of our favorite pop culture pastimes is watching every fucking comic book movie that ever comes out, apparently. And that includes Disney's, Marvel's, Sony's, Madam Web, a Spider-Man story brought to you by PepsiCo. <laughs> Which is truly Morbius 2.0. Honestly, I actually think the meme potential for this movie is so high. And I can't believe that it hasn't. I guess just it's Morbin time was so good as like the pinnacle meme to kind of like pin something onto yeah. that like... It transcended all of the rest of this. Madam Webb is so dumb and so funny in unintentional ways, but like it's hard to like make a you can't like make like a Twitter post about a like the director's camera work, which made me fucking nauseous. Like Yeah. No, I mean I was gonna say like part of the thing with it's with, with Morbius is that like the memes weren't actually from the movie. They were people inventing things that didn't happen in the movie, right? Like we talked about this, right? There were memeable moments in the movie right the stinky pinky thing right like no one noticed that because no one actually watched the fucking movie we're the only two people on the fucking planet that watched the movie right? <laughs> that actually watched the movie true that's true that's real um but let's give i guess our pre-spoiler impressions um controversially i think i enjoyed this movie more than most of the movies i've seen superhero movies i've seen in the past year um i don't know if i'd say the movie's good like the plot devices are stupid um and like most of nothing makes sense, but like there was a story structure that I recognized and like compelled me at least in the short term, right? Like you know, wow, like earnestly, yeah. Like, like I found myself, it, I didn't find myself checking my watch nearly as often as I have during some of the other Marvel movies, and um, maybe it's just because like everything was kind of unclear, or because you know. The stuff that was happening was like relative, like there, there, you know, there was a real danger, and that was like, like imminent for most of the movie, and so there was tension there, and that, like, you know, is at least something to like keep me, keep me entertained, right? Um, and like to your point, like there, like you said, like there, there were camera shots that weren't great. There was like some asinine di dialogue. I don't know if Dakota Johnson's a bad actress. Or if she was given bad direction, but I, like she just it just like sounded like like the word she was saying was like whatever. I thought the ending was incredibly stupid, um, but like <laughs> moment to moment, I was like, I get this, and maybe I've been watching too much Clone Wars because like it's it felt like a a, a a series of like short episodes that didn't have enough time for the plot to develop to get this together, something like that. But okay, what is your what are your pre spoiler impressions? If listen. If you're the kind of person who wanted to go see 2019's Cats, okay, you probably want to go see Madam Web. It's a very similar, so bad, it's good, just so wild, the decisions that are getting made. There are so many things I just like want to like talk about on, on a, like a, how did this happen level? Like, how did somebody think of this just like the logic of it i don't typically like getting into that you know like i like i i obviously want to talk about like themes and characters or whatever and funnily enough that stuff actually kind of exists in this movie but like 
The stuff that matters to me about this movie is that it's a movie set in 2003 that makes a major plot beat center around Britney Spears' Toxic. You know? It's, it's just the wild logic of including inserts of Dakota Johnson's character ripping the license plate off of the car she stole and crashed into a building and then continues to drive around for more than one week. <laughs> Presumably parks that car at the uh, at the airport. Which at, is the the airport at the airport. She parks it at a, a taxi cab that she stole. <laughs> she parks it at the airport for a week while she is wanted for kidnapping. I... I I, I, All right, we're, we're the getting same into spoilers. Day, I'm sorry. I, yeah, you're right. I'm sorry. I'm getting into spoilers. Whatever the case may be, that's my that's my reading of this movie. If you wanted to go see Cast 2019 in the theaters because it sounded like such a wild, wild time, okay, go see Madam Web. It's worth it on that level. Um, outside of that, it's pretty soulless in you know my my estimation. It takes honestly. It really pissed me off in a couple of ways that are, like, specific to me, that are, like, comic book guy ways. And, frankly, I probably think that there are some good Steelman arguments against the argument that I'm going to make later about that stuff. But whatever the case may be, the movie pissed me off on that kind of level. But I enjoyed it so much on the other kind of level that, I don't know. That's my, that's my sort of, yeah, like, I recommendation. I didn't know anything <clears throat> about Madam Web going into this. Um, like, I may be, like, when, so... I'll, I'll say it in the spoiler thing, but there's a moment at the end where a thing happens that was like, oh, I vaguely recognize that kind of like silhouette, right? It's like, oh, I guess that's that character. That's what Madam Web is. I, I will. Okay, here's your spoiler okay. warning. Spoiler, spoilers. I don't think sure, it matters sure, sure, sure. that much. Uh, but I also don't think it matters at all. Let's yeah. let's talk about it. What, so, what so, is the what is the silhouette? So when she's in the wheelchair with the blindfold on, right? I'm like, oh, oh, uh, yes. Okay, I've yeah. seen something <clears throat> like that before, right? Like. Um, so, like, I vaguely am aware that something like that exists, but I don't know. I also yeah, don't this is this is why <clears throat> this movie is such a wild movie because it's sort of like you know how in Teen Titans go to the movies, they go to the premiere of the new Batman movie, right? And Robin really wants his own movie, and the trailers play before the movie, and he keeps thinking the trailers are about him, but it's just wilder and wilder side characters to the Batman mythos. Like, at first it's Alfred, and then it's Ace the Bat-Hound, and then it's the Bat-Car, it's, it's the Batmobile, right? Um, it's sort of like an executive at Sony is doing that, but with Spider-Man. Madam Web is a quadriplegic blind mutant with precognitive abilities who sometimes helps Spider-Man by like predicting the future and giving him like cryptic kind of, you know, fortune teller advice, right? That's the extent of her. That's like the extent of her character. She has like, she has, she has a really compelling silhouette. She's kind of on this machine. It looks like, it looks like she is in the center of a spider's web, but it's like the machine that's like dealing with like her muscular dystrophy or something like that, right? Um, she wears, it's like blindfold across her face. She just has like an iconic kind of like look, but like really at the end of the day, she's like an Oracle type character who Spider-Man will go to sometimes when he needs to understand some aspect of like the plot that is like for like foreshadowing the future. That's that's really all like Madam Web is. So the fact that this is like her or it, it is just an even more wild decision than Morbius, right? Morbius is at the very least a true Spider-Man villain. And you can understand, oh, 
I'm making a movie out of this Spider-Man villain that like we haven't really seen. But like I get it, Morbius is a real Spider-Man villain. Better way is just like, who the fuck chose this this character yeah, well, to like make a whole Spider-Man movie around? I, I think the point is this is supposed to like weirdly be like a prequel to like a Spider-Woman movie starring Sydney Sweeney, right? Like, um, I guess. Wait, I'm sorry. Was Sydney Sweeney in this movie? She's she's Spider Girl, isn't she? She's she's she's, she, she's one of the Spider Girls. Oh my god, am I fucking insane? I I mean I'm not great with actresses, but like I I, I saw some. Oh my photos. god! Yeah, she's Julia. That's her. Yeah. Wow. Holy fuck! I I didn't even realize that. So I know that she's like famous or whatever, but um, that's yeah. Wow. Okay. Fair enough. The only reason I know that is because there are a bunch of meme photos of her and Dakota Johnson standing on like the red carpet for the premiere, right? Um, because they're uh, let's say let's say their their figures are quite different, and people were thirst posting about it. Um, so you know. Uh, oh uh, my god. Wow. Okay. Well, fair enough. Uh, <laughs> Thirst posting about it. <laughs> I mean, they were right. Like, um, uh, sure, but uh, but yeah, um, yeah, and like, I don't know. So, is in, in in the comics she's a mutant and not like a a like I I also saw something on Twitter about like magical Spider Man was a thing at some point. Like like that. This oh, this is another piece of the thing that also bot. This is the part that really bothers me. The villain is tied into this. Ezekiel Ezekiel Sims. Um, I'm sorry. Is that that might be what you're referring to w w about magical Spider-Man? So, so I, I thought someone say something about magical spider. Like there was a period of time where instead of being like radioactive spider, somehow Spider-Man's powers were like like revealed to be more tied to like a magical thing. Like I think I've seen like outside of this, I've seen things that's like you know like the spider totem or something or like yeah. That's this is all Ezekiel stuff, and this is why this pissed me off. Okay, so the story here, in a very famous comic written by one of my favorite writers, J. Michael Straczynski, who I've referenced a bunch before. He's the guy that did that Thor run that I've talked about a bunch of times. Um, J. Michael Straczynski was the head of Spider-Man for a long time, and he has a lot of really, really iconic stuff that happens in his long run. It's maybe like 15 years or something, from like the 90s into the early 2000s. He does the Spider-Man run where Spider-Man, Peter Parker, becomes a school teacher. Um, and he actually stops a school shooter. Like, a, this was a couple years after Columbine. Uh, he did, like, the 9-11 stuff with Spider-Man. Uh, just, like, all that. Like, this is his run. He's really, he's, like, really good. Um, he does it with John Romita Sr., who's, like, another famous, um, another famous artist. During this run, there is a character who pops up called, I guess the, we'll start with the villain. The villain is named Morlun. Morlun is an energy, like, vampire guy. Um, but the thing that Morlun hunts are magical people who have t connections to, like, totemic animals, right? <clears throat> and Spider-Man meets this guy, Ezekiel, right, who is a businessman in his 50s, He's just hanging out on a wall. He's in a business suit, but he has no shoes on. He's like barefoot, and and obviously his like hands are free. And Spider Man and Ezekiel kind of like cryptically suggests to Spider Man that hey, maybe you didn't get your you know your powers from the radioactive spider. Maybe you got your powers from the spider, and the radiation just happened to kill it. In fact, the radiation didn't really matter, right? Yeah. Um, <clears throat> This starts kind of like a thing in Spider-Man's brain where he's like, oh, maybe I am essentially a magic superhero rather than sort of like a like a like an atomic superhero kind right. of thing. Right. Um, 
at the end of that storyline, Spider-Man actually kills Morlun with the radiation that is like part of his blood. He is sort of a false totem or whatever. It's like the totem, he is a totem, but the totem part of him is corrupted by the radiation, which is why Morlun can't truly feed on him. Um, and um, and sort of later down the line, you learned that Ezekiel sort of manipulated, Ezekiel was the one who Morlun was coming to kill, but Ezekiel kind of manipulates Spider-Man to kill Morlun for him. And so this is his quasi-basis for villainhood. But he's, in the comic, he is a good guy. He is a supporting character who kind of offers Spider-Man, like, a lot of interesting advice and gives him a totally different perspective on his powers, on his kind of place in the world, on all this other sort of stuff. Um, and he's a, fans loved him. He is a really cool character. And one of the cool things about Ezekiel is they didn't explain his powers. He, there is a moment where Spider-Man goes, um, hey, how did you learn all of this stuff anyway? And there's a panel that shows Ezekiel as a young man tied to like a giant like Mayan disc or something with like blood, like ritualistic blood stuff cut into his chest and blood like running out of him or whatever. And he says like, that's a story I'll tell you at another time kind of thing. And the, and the kind of implication is that he was like part of this like, you know, dark. And this eventually gets like added into the lore by another like writer way down the line. It's like part of his like dark backstory that like right. he was like kidnapped by this whatever, like Amazon tribe and done all this stuff too or whatever. But the point is, is that this feels like a character assassination of Ezekiel, who is a truly, really interesting and unique character. Not quite a good guy, but also not quite a bad guy, right? Yes, he manipulates. Uh, <laughs> yes, he manipulates Spider-Man to his own ends, and that's lying and bad and selfish and stuff like that. But also, like at the end of the day, like Morlun is a bad guy and all this other sort of stuff. There's more. There's more stuff about him. Ezekiel. Ezekiel is very interesting, and this version of him is so bo boring. It bothers me. <laughs> You know what? That's that's totally fair. If I had to guess, I think there was probably somebody who was like, maybe we don't make the Amazon indigenous tribe evil people who like, you know, force blood rituals onto people. Right. Or something like that. Uh, especially because, you know, you have like a short period to put this together. Is it in. Are they is is Madam Web connected to Ezekiel Sims in any way at all in the comics lore? No. no, Madam Web is from kind of the early 90s. All this Ezekiel stuff happens in the early 2000s. And Madam Web exists for this time, but like, you know, like I said, she's like a very like side supporting character. Maybe there is, you know, just because like I'm not an exhaustive encyclopedia of like Spider-Man knowledge, but that stuff with Ezekiel is like famous. Also, that stuff with Ezekiel is complicated because people felt like Ezekiel's character in the comics where he became more villainous was like character assassination. Right? I see. This happens from time to time when like a really new interesting character is kind of created um and then later changed or revealed to be something else uh, there's a character who's like this called have you ever heard of zorn have we ever talked about zorn no we have not talked about xorn yeah zorn is the most perfect example of this zorn is a character that's creating grant morrison's x-men run he has a big metal head because his mutation is that he was born with a dwarf neutron star in his head um and so he needs this like metal contraption in order to stop himself from becoming a black hole or whatever but he's essentially like a buddhist monk um everybody really loved zorn he was like really interesting he asked 
added a lot of like kind of color and flavor and like philosophy to sort of the X-Men. And then you later find out that it was all a ruse by Magneto who was just using this metal contraption in his head to like shield his thoughts from, you know, Charles Xavier so he could infiltrate like the school. And everybody hated this plot twist because it was like Zorn was a really cool, interesting character and to just make him Magneto in disguise like sucks, right? And the same thing happened with Ezekiel. Ezekiel was a really cool, interesting character who kind of is this like, you know, supporting figure. You're not quite sure if he's good or bad. He's kind of like, you know, mysteriously motivated. And then, oh, actually, it turns out that he's like, I don't know, like a huge piece of shit. And then he like dies or something like that. Um, <clears throat> that's like the stuff that happens with Ezekiel. And they kind of like, they didn't take any of the first part where like, you know, he's a smart, interesting guy who is giving like cryptic information or like offering a new perspective on like a troubled Spider-Man's life or whatever. This is why Ezekiel is like a good fun character. And they just take him being like a dick later on uh like a self-interested i guess like asshole later on as to be his characterization and in this movie he sucks and is like completely boring and one-dimensional and he's not even like fun in the way that matt smith was fun in the morbius movie yeah no there's a lot of like weirdness in this movie like i don't know like do you want to where do you want to start with, with with this like well i mean one of the weird things that that happens for him which i find very funny is um he goes to the opera, he picks up a woman, he brings that woman back to his apartment to sleep with her, then he wakes up in the middle of the night from this wild dream, explains the whole dream to his one night stand, who is clearly like, what the fuck? And then reveals that he actually kidnapped her so that he could get access to her NSA super secret sneaky camera tech to monitor people all over the globe. I was just like, what on earth is happening at all times? So, I don't know. Maybe I was being too generous with the movie, but, like, I was I was with you. I was like, what the fuck? Who the fuck sits and listens to this until he mentions the NSA thing? And the thing that filled in my mind is that, like, oh, she's clearly trying, like, she's clearly doing this on purpose, right? Like, she's an agent investigating him, right? Because nobody knows what, he, what he's about. And he has he, he knows too, and he's turned that around on her. And that's what happened. So, like, it didn't make sense until that line popped in, and then, and then like, that filled into my brain that that worked, right? Like, that, 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 that made sense. Yes, it was wild, but it was wild with enough of a twist that it, that it, that it worked for me. I get, you know, I guess fair, fair enough. I'm surprised this movie worked so well for you. I mean, like I said, I don't think it's good, but, like, I had fun <laughs> with it, right? Like, you know... Her powers don't make any sense. Is it supposed to be that, like, she's, you know, projecting for, like, she's predicting things in the future and then she snaps back? Because, like, it's initially presented as if she, like, goes back in time, right? Like, um, and initially it's, like, pretty clearly um, tied to, like, sounds, right? Like, that's the whole toxic, the toxic thing is, is like, the, the, the peak of this, right? It's, like, a balloon pops, right? Like, uh, the train screeches. There's, uh, there's, like, a loud sound. There's, like, a loud sound which is toxic, right? Like, and that resets her somehow. I was like, oh, that's going to be a thing. And then it completes completely abandoned at the end of the movie where she just kind of like, I don't know, becomes like fucking Doctor Strange and like Astral projects herself to four different places. Like, I guess. I don't, I don't know. Like, what are Madame's powers in the comics? 
Like you said, she just- can see the future. That, that is accurate. She can like see the future, right? Um, and I understand where this kind of comes from because the spider sense is sort of a little bit of that, right? right? When like you know, um, the the spider sense gets described in these kinds of terms that it, it's like a very low level of like precognition. Yeah, um, it, it seems like Madam Web is like by design, like Spider Man with the spider sense turned up to eleven, and, and the physical stuff turned down to zero, right? Like she's she, yeah, yep. Um, and, and so that makes sense. The thing that's weird to me is that, like, it's not like the – she experience, she she experiences it in a way where it's, like – I guess she only ever retries anything once. But, it like, for those first times, it feels like she's, like, traveling back in time, right? Like, that she could try it again mm-hmm. if she wanted to. Um, but, like, that she also doesn't know that until, like – like, is she having a vision and she doesn't realize she's having a vision? Um uh, until like, in, until like it snaps her back. <laughs> is that what's supposed to be the case? <laughs> she's gonna say in the chat. Should just do that. That's so Raven. I zoom so you know she's seeing the future. Honestly, they do do zooms like that. One of uh, probably my biggest complaint about this movie is actually just the dire- the raw direction. Sure. Um, there's a lot of stuff happening, and typically I actually like to praise this kind of thing. Um, I don't know. I I don't know. I I. <laughs> The direction in this movie is very heavy-handed. There's a lot of whip pans and zooms and stuff that were, I found to be pretty disorienting. Um, like I said, it kind of like made me nauseous in ways. Part of it is also, there's sort of a, a like a, it, um, I don't even know how to explain this in like podcast terms. There's a, there's a thing called the, the 180 rule, which is that when you're shooting against a, like a flat pane, you can't cross the plane, right? You have to always shoot. You can only shoot things from a semicircle because if you shoot one thing from two opposite angles, it's very disorienting. And there's a lot of moments like that in this where it's just like something that you expect to come out of the right side of the frame comes out of the left side of the frame, which is like, this is like the disorienting kind of stuff, right? Um, <clears throat> you watch her move towards a car and she's going left to right and then when she gets in the car she's going right to left right and that's just like wait what that's it it doesn't like the the fluidity of that kind of motion is like really bad really awful um and then there's also just like a lot of things there's a lot of focus work that's really bad um there's a lot of uh i guess i would call them like narrow like a wide angle lens keeps everything in a in in a frame focus right and you have depth of field which is Stuff in the forefront of the camera is in focus. Stuff in the back of the camera is in focus. Um, when you have narrow lenses, uh, only a, sp- a specific plane. like only the front of the, the lens is going to be in focus. The back of the lens is going to be blurry. The back of the frame, rather, is going to be blurry. There's a lot of, like, focus stuff. And I was just like, what is the point of any of this? I don't understand. It was, it was all, it was wild. And I, it was wild. And I really hated it. <laughs> Part of me wonders, <clears throat> do you think she was, like, trying to ape Sam Raimi? Like, she was trying to, like, call back to the original Spider-Man movies. Oh, interesting. Because, uh, like, obviously, I don't think I don't think it has that, that flavor to it. Um, that's the, like, I don't, I don't think it, she quite hits it. But, it, like, I could feel, I, 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 I don't know. I saw, like, a short clip of, like, an interview where she talked about watching a bunch of, like, the Sony canon to prepare for this movie. And I was wondering if, like, you know, like, some of that stuff, like, feels very, very Sam Raimi to me. Um, uh, in, like, in in form if not in like total like adaptation um mm-hmm. like when she missed the mark maybe a little bit 
Um, I forgot the director's name, but the director's woman, which is why I'm saying she. Um, yeah, also, like, you know, I don't know. Just from, like, a plotting level, there's, like, there's a through line, but it also requires a lot of kind of, like, people kind of accepting things in a way that I found very implausible, right? Like, you know, these three girls don't have any reason to believe that this guy is after her, right? Like, we know it because we see, you know, Cassandra Webb's vision, right? Like, but, like, they don't know that. As far as they know, she's after, the, the guy's after her, and he's, you know, using them as body shields, right? Like, like, the scene where he, like, takes out the police officers, it's like, why did he take out the police officers and not them? He doesn't care about getting them, he wants to kill them, right? Like, um... So he could just, like, punt them into, like, the, you know, into the trains, and his job would be done. Um, and that stuff's, like, kind of, like, forgivable. Like, like a lot of this is, like, right on the edge of, like, cinema sins level stuff, right? It's, like, characters acting stupidly in a way that is, like, on the border of a thing that I would think is reasonable, right? Like, them walking to the diner, reasonable, right? Them dancing on top of the diner table, not so much. Oh my god! I have this whole thing about the diner, but I want to. I want to say in the police officers for a second, because the police officers thing is also truly wild. If you kind of like, there, there's just like a lot of stuff that's sort of insisted by the movie, and I felt no sort of justification for. And it's one of those things that I have no idea how to control for this, right? Um, because there are movies that I frankly think are worse about this in some ways, but I give more of a pass to because they create a world where. I'm willing to accept that, right? And I have, I've talked a lot about like having an ironclad suspension of disbelief. So it's like crazy to me that I was so triggered on so many levels on these like suspension of disbelief issues. Because what happens is she gets in a train, she gets in a train going to Poughkeepsie, of all fucking places, Poughkeepsie, what the fuck? She gets in a train going to Poughkeepsie. There are these three girls in the train. She has three separate visions of the guy coming and killing the three girls. She then runs up to them, insists that a man is coming to kill them, right? Including stealing the skateboard of one of the three girls in order to get the the four of them off the train. She then sees him, like, running out of the train and, like, tracking her movement. One of the girls mentions kidnapping and passing. They go into and through another train and come out the other side. All this is 90 seconds. And then she's getting arrested by cops as if... What, like where were the where did the cops come from? How did they know that any of this was happening? What are the connections to the cops on platform B to the one sentence that was made on platform A towards kidnapping, which wasn't in, the th and then she gets bailed out of being arrested by the cops by the guy who wants to kill these three girls, and so he starts beating up the cops who are locking down the woman. It's just like none of that made any semblance of sense. And I understood, like, I don't know. I guess it's like a stakes-raising thing. I want to say that I understand that, like, the point of that is to, like, raise the stakes and have it be, like, a, a twisty, turny kind of, like, moment where you don't know who to trust or you don't know what's going on. But I was just like, man, what the fuck is going on? This doesn't make any sense. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, I, I absolutely – it feels like maybe they, like, wrote themselves into a corner or something. Right, like that they needed a way to get out of that, um, and like they didn't have any better thing to do other than just kind of like, well, he'll attack the cops because 
he assumes that they're going to be protecting the kids or, or something, right? And they just kind of go with it. Uh, yeah, it's like, the, it's like the taxi cab is another good example of this, yeah. right? The taxi cab, they're running from this guy, okay? So she steals a taxi cab. Okay. She steals a taxi cab, gets these girls in the cab, and is driving them throughout the city. And you might expect that she ditches the car. No. All she does is she drives the taxi cab back to her house. She rips off the license plates as if that's going to make it okay that someone's driving a taxi cab around with no license plates. And then later uh, hold, hold, uses... Hold on for one second. Because yeah. she finds a crowbar-shaped piece of scrap metal sitting there as if, like, she expected it to be there. And she rips off the license She's plates. She's precognitive. It's a precog power. <laughs> She rips off the license plates and leaves them there. It's not like she's crazy. <laughs> she just tosses them aside in the parking lot outside her apartment. Yeah. Right? And she is being identified. This is the other thing that's like wild or whatever. So the the spider goes and beats up all these cops on the platform. Right? Ezekiel goes and beats up these, these cops on the platform. They're driving away. And on the radio, she hears them talking about the this altercation taking place, right? And nowhere is mentioned the spider or whatever. The only thing that's mentioned is her, this like early thirties, like woman or whatever. And I was just sitting there and I was like, how often does the radio in New York city get interrupted because a minor crime took place somewhere that's never happens is completely unreasonable and it would be insanely unreasonable and i know that i should be thinking about these logistics but for some reason i was like it's also like three minutes after this altercation took place so it did what happened a cop who just got beat up by a black spider bright guy goes up radios to base describes the woman he was arresting and not the spider and then base goes let's get this on the radio as soon as possible somebody calls fucking z100 or whatever right. interrupts you know like the morning show to go we have a breaking news bulletin i'm just like what is, what is the logic this makes no sense <laughs> yeah i mean like like if if it had been like even like 10 minutes later, right? Like I could have believed it as like, you know, it's like, you know, news on the sevens or whatever, right? Like type of thing where like, you know, it's like, oh, and you know, it's still ongoing, right? Or like, you know, I guess it's supposed to be before cell phones. You can't really do this, but like have like an Amber Alert, like, you know, peel out on somebody's phone, right? Like, um, I don't know. I don't know. Like I had less trouble with the cop, like. To your point, like, it doesn't make any sense that they identify her over anything else. But, like, I guess I believe that, like, you know, the cop gets kicked off the platform and no one saw the spider guys. Just like, I guess it was that woman that, like, threw them off the platform, right? Like, somebody somebody has to deduce it after the fact, right? Like, what happened? <laughs> okay. I, 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 yeah. Hey, you know what? I, I guess, like, yeah. I, I, no, I, I feel bad. I hate these arguments. I think these arguments are dumb, right? This is not my argument that the movie is bad. The movie is bad for other reasons, right? This just, this stuff to me is like wild. Also, this is what made it funny. Spe speaking of the logistics, apparently she immediately drives either over the George Washington Bridge or through the Lincoln Tunnel to the woods in New Jersey, I guess. Um, yeah, they named the town in New Jersey and I was wondering what it was. Do you remember what it was? It was like... Was Clifton? It Clif Clifton's too close. Clifton's like, Clifton is it like, was like out into the woods. Yeah, I was saying, so Clifton is. So I know this because 
so we'll talk about this in the back half. But I was at MetLife Stadium on Saturday, and I ate in Clifton on the way to MetLife Stadium. So it's like, you know, 15 minutes up the road from MetLife Stadium, like, you know, on, on Route 3, right? Like it is still within like the kind of like major suburbs of New York City band. Um, uh, and like, I, I'm sure that there's woods somewhere up there, but nothing that looks kind of like what they put up, right? Like, I would, I would believe it if it was a diner on the highway and, like, you know, there was just, like, a, a pocket of wood somewhere that they found. But, like, not – like, that looked like, you know, like fucking rural Pennsylvania. <laughs> Some Jersey boys talk about how close NYC is. Yes, unironically, right? Like, that's, like <laughs> – and, you know, that's, like, what, a half hour to 45 minutes outside of the city and, like, you know, I'll be back in three hours – I mean, I feel like there's, like, a joke here about, like, New York City traffic that, like, that doesn't make any sense, right? Like, uh, Yeah, I mean, the fact that they smash cut from her hearing her own name coming over the radio to a random, the random woods of fucking New Jersey, apparently, where she lets the girls out, tells them to stay put, and then goes back to her apartment to, like, do all this stuff. What the like I like it short circuits my brain and then and then this is on the logic okay this is the part that like truly ended me okay this is the part that fucked with my brain in ways that are just so hard to describe okay so we're in the woods the girls decide they want to go to a diner so they walk half a mile through the woods to the diner, including a mot like a like a, a part where you know we're just watching the girls walk and banter for like forty five seconds as they're as they're like walking through the woods and talking about how long it's taking to get to this to get to this diner, right? So half a mile and at least forty five seconds of walking that includes this indeterminate pre period where they feel like they're lost in the woods, right? That's how long it takes to get from their spot in the woods to the diner, okay? <laughs> They get to the diner, Toxic from Britney Spears starts playing, and they're dancing on they're dancing on the on the table or whatever. Okay. Also, I just want to point out, who the fuck would walk through the woods and not like along <laughs> walk the road? out to the road and go along the road? I know, I know. Listen, I I know, I know. Okay. Toxic Toxic starts playing. They get on the dance table and start dancing. Then Cassandra Webb shows up. Then this is this order is important. Then. Ezekiel shows up and Ezekiel attacks the girls, stabs Madam Webb, and she precogs and resets the resets the scene. So that's what happens in sort of timeline A, okay? In timeline B, where we're following Cassandra Webb, she arrives to the spot in the woods where the girls were. She looks for the girls and discovers, oh, they walked along this path. She follows this half mile path that took however long, right? You know, what would 10 minutes yeah, to well, walk half a mile, 15 minutes to walk half a mile through the woods? Like, that's that's timeline A, right? Like, we're, she, sure, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And so, so she follows this path. She's walking and she follows this path. She arrives to the diner while Toxic by Britney Spears is playing on the radio, watching the girls dance, and then Ezekiel shows up and she fights and Ezekiel stabs her. Okay? This is all timeline A. This is timeline A from Cassandra Webb's perspective. Cassandra Webb zoops back to where she was. Okay? And this is the detail that is wild to me. The trigger is... 
toxic by Britney Spears because in the cab that she stole, which is idling behind her in the woods, she is listening to the beginning of the song that will get the girls to dance on the table. Toxic by Britney Spears, a three minute pop song. Okay. She's listening to it and she doesn't understand her powers yet. So she's looking around. She's like, what? I'm supposed to be dead. What happened? What? Why am I hearing Toxic by Britney Spears? And then she realizes, oh, I need to go save the girls. So this time she gets in her car, drives out into the road, drives over to the diner. Right. And I'm thinking the whole time, oh, this makes sense. She's. This doesn't really make sense. This doesn't make any sense at all. This this, this makes sense in the moment. Because the DJ on the radio says this song is going to be huge, implying that the second, that the time that it's playing in the diner is a second instance of the song. However, oh, it's directly I, oh. contradicted by the fact that she like loses the song for half a second and like panics as if her listening to that particular version of the song, like that particular play of the song, is important to the plot, and apparently. That's the same play of the song, which, to your point, makes absolutely no fucking sense. Yeah, and I, this is the part that I was like, what on earth is happening? So this means that because then what happens is she goes out to the road. She drives along the road, which you would think would be faster than walking through the woods to the diner that is on the road. And she arrives at the diner after Ezekiel is already there and it drives into the diner with the t- taxi cab to hit him with her car. One of multiple instances, by by the way, when this guy gets hit by a fucking car. Okay, relatable. But anyway, the, so then, so now I'm look, I'm thinking about it. I'm like, wait, 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 wait. Hold on one second. In timeline A, where we, she's starting from the same point. In timeline A, she was able to walk through the woods and get to the d- diner before Ezekiel. But in timeline B, she drove along the road and gets there after Ezekiel. How does this make sense? And how on earth would she be able to get that far inside of the three-minute window of playing time? my mind I, I if it was any other if it was like any if it was any other movie oh god why i like why would i care you know what i mean this is so this is so dumb but it's about her precognition abilities it drove me crazy it drove me wild yeah <sighs> yeah yeah and then and then the other thing about this she keeps driving the car well, the, she drives the car is, through a building not only that but this is when she you know, drives to a motel where no one blinks an eye at the banged up license plateless taxi cab, right? Stays there for the night, right? Like, I thought the diner, I, th- I actually thought the diner thing was like a clever use of the, those precog powers, right? Like, although also it was before I understood what they were supposed to be. And I assumed that like she was like snapping back, like, like literally like manipulating time or something. Apparently yeah. not. Um, uh, drives them back, gets her partner. Ben Parker to pick like her, her, what's it called? Her, uh, her ambulance, party. her kidnap victims. Well, like what, else, like, what else are they at this point? Uh, yeah, no, <laughs> he believes her. And that I, I, it makes sense that the kids are like, you know, no, she's on the up and up. Right. Like believes her, uh, goes and takes her to his pregnant sister's house. Right. Um, where we can't, for whatever reason, know the name of the baby or the guy that he's in love with because, you know, I was like, someone is going to, like, say, like, May or Peter and be like, ah, at the camera, you know, wink at the camera, right? Like, but it doesn't happen, right? And then she drives said taxi cab to the airport, parks it there, <laughs> takes a plane to Peru. <laughs> for a 
For a week. Meets, yeah, just to the jungles of Peru. Meets what looks like a Frenchman. To like, who is like, I waited for you. Spirit throws her into the water. And then, like, that's it, I guess. It's actually, I, it, that part was honestly even worse because the whole beginning, which was wild from the get-go and justified later, I was actually glad that they solved this plot point. The part where you see her mom, because it starts very tight on her mom looking at a spider web and you're like, oh, oh, interesting. Oh, I guess they we're in the past. This is probably like her mom. She's researching spider shit or whatever. And then it zooms out and shows that she's pregnant. She's like nine months pregnant. And I'm like, what are you doing in the middle of the Amazon at nine months pregnant. This is wild. So she's in, she's, she's in like, she's in the fucking Amazon and they do this whole thing about how like, Oh, there's a special spider that no one's ever been able to find. But like, we're so deep and so far from civilization that now we might actually get closer than ever. It's been so hard to find this spider. It's been so hard to find this thing. We, uh, there, there are secret tribe of people who have spider powers here or whatever. And then, and then her paramedic daughter, who has presumably lived her entire life in New York City, shows up to the Amazon and inside of a week retraces her footsteps to the exact place where her mother died, I guess. And it's just like, uh, uh, <laughs> okay. And then the Frenchman shows up like behind her like fucking batman and is like i've been waiting for you to arrive it's like is this has this motherfucker just been sitting on this fucking log for 40 years like come on well clearly clearly oh. he like went and became a normal person and took off like the spider clothes right like this this, this. also that, that part of that was like weird to me too is like these spider people they show up to save her life but like like you know let's you know ezekiel you know, shoot people and like steal a spider, which is I assume where they were shooting. I was like, oh, we can't let Ezekiel steal our sacred spider or whatever, right? Like, and I was assuming there was gonna be some cleverness there. No, this like they just like only they only show up in time to to kind of sort of save, you know, save save Cassie Webb, right? Um, also, they also kind of like again, not a huge deal, but they kind of yada 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 over how that worked, right? It's like did like. One of these legendary spider people like show up at a hospital with a baby and be like here and then like leave, right? Like, I yeah, I guess I don't know. Fuck. And, and showed up with like I guess with with her mother's notes and documentation proving that this was an American child and needed to be like returned to America, right? Like and entered into the foster system, right? Like imagine imagine like a random bait like look, you know. This is this might be a little sensitive. <laughs> the border is in crisis, Mango. No, no, okay, this, but... this is the point I'm going to make. Actually, right? Like, imagine you like have a you're a poor South American that wants a better life in America for their child, right? Some pregnant white woman dies, and like you're like, oh, maybe I can convince the police that like this, my child is in fact this pregnant woman's child. He's going to foster care in America, right? Like. <laughs> Like, that's the thing that you would assume that somebody would check, right? Like, you know, that, like, you know, that this isn't some sort of, like, I, I don't want to call it, like, an immigration scam, essentially, right? Like, like who would take it on faith that, like, this, like, this, this child was just, like, there? Because, like, because Ezekiel kills all of the other people, right? Like, you know, he kills all the other, other researchers, right? Like, um, you know, 
maybe if like they saved one of the other guys and like handed her the, like this is an easy problem to solve right like you know one of the researchers didn't die he just kind of like got hit in the shoulder and went down but he comes to and the spider person hands cassie to the researcher and like you know he goes back to america he's like fuck this i can't take care of a baby have fun in foster care right like you know um like that would all like make some like that would solve the problem and it's like you know, 10 seconds of, 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 like, plot, but, like, it's not there, right? It just kind of, like, she made her way back to America, and then she came home, I guess, and... And then you know what she did? You know what the first thing she did when she came back to America is? Chat, I, I need you, I need... what What is the answer? Okay, what is the first thing? She has just discovered her spider powers, okay? And it's a woman who has stolen uh, a taxi cab in order to in order to save these girls' lives, okay? She's stashed them at Uncle Ben's house because, you know, apparently this is also the story of Peter Parker's birth for no fucking reason, okay? What is the first thing that she does when she gets back to the United States? <laughs> Two years after 9-11. <laughs> Hello, American <laughs> Customs. <laughs> I'm a spider person from deep in the Amazon. Here's a baby. This is normal. To be fair, to be, to be fair to the movie, that was in 1973. Yeah, to be fair, two years after 9-11. Oh, my God. You know, you know what's funny about that? They don't even mention, like, they don't mention 9-11. They don't mention the Patriot Act. You know, they don't mention any of that stuff. It's just like a 2003, like, nostalgia movie. You would think that the, a whole plot point of this movie is they're using this, like, NSA hacking yeah, I was like, to, like, track people or whatever. Like I, They're I not just, even going to make, a like, a reference to that. Like, you know, like, like whoever the woman is behind the computer, I expected her to be, like, you know, like, you know, like, uh, you know, Edwina Snowden or something like that, right? <laughs> Oh, okay, here's the first thing that she did when she comes back to the United States. She goes to Ben Parker's house, she steals an ambulance, and then uses that car to once again hit Ezekiel with a car. But this time it's he, she hits her with an, exam, an ambulance. Hold, hold on, you, you missed an important step. She picks up her stolen taxi cab from the airport <laughs> yeah, and drives airport. it to Uncle Ben's house. No. <laughs> she then steals the ambulance in the exact same way she stole the the the, the taxi. Actually, cab. oh my God! There's even one more part to this. She goes to Uncle Ben's house, where they are not at Uncle Ben's house because May Parker ha is pregnant with Peter Parker. Obviously, Mary Parker and. I'm sorry, Mary Parker, not May Parker. Mary Parker is pregnant with 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 Peter and. Her water breaks, okay, and she does it. She does the bit. She goes, uh, either I just peed myself or my water just broke, right? They have a whole thing with Ben shuffling all the girls into the car. He's gonna drive May or Mary to to the hospital, right? This is why Ben Parker's not there. Oh no! Okay, you just pointed something Cassie... out to me. Everybody knows that Cassie's coming back that day, and no one like leaves her a note, right? Like... <laughs> Cassie shows up to Uncle Ben's house and you want to know how she knows where they went? She sneaks around the side of the house, peers into one of the windows, sees a puddle on the kitchen floor and intuits that Mary, that's Mary Parker's water having been broken. I, I And then, then she goes and seals the ambulance. <laughs> I think, I think it was supposed to be her precog abilities, but it didn't make that clear. <laughs> yeah. 
I mean, but they show the insert. Or, they show the yeah. insert of her looking at the puddle on the kitchen floor. Somebody, somebody, somebody had to go into the script and shot list and write, Cassie opens the window and sees the... I, like I don't even know what like what I, what fluid is that or whatever like and sees the puddle of that on the yeah the the puddle of semiotic fluid on the floor and realizes that they're all going to the hospital because Mary's about to give birth like that's got to be in the script so uh, someone has to show me the script I am going to buy the shooting script for Madam Web so that I can flip to this page just to see how they describe this shot I need to know how they describe it uh, uh, Rahe in the chat says you know she's real fucking good at stealing cars <laughs> I don't think that that's true she literally just like sits in a car <laughs> like she just literally gets into a car with the keys in the ignition twice right like you know like you know, and for whatever reason, the tunnel that she drives into, or like the parking, what? This is a thing that like I don't understand at all, right? Like, she knows where he's gonna. Like, I will, you know, she knows where he's gonna be. She knows where everything's gonna be because of her precondition. That makes sense. Why is there like a tunnel that leads to the back of a television screen that she is capable of bursting through with the ambulance, right? Like, she just like starts driving fast and like, like to your point about visual language, there's no like indication of where she's going and just like she happens to like be behind this tv screen that she pops out of and hits fucking ezekiel with the car right the the ambulance survives that she gets the girls in the car and she drives away with ezekiel spider-man hopping but without webs just like leaping behind her she has the kids like defibrillate the roof of the ambulance to like shock him and that's what takes the ambulance out of commission i guess i don't know i guess i if i'm being i i don't think it's that what that's what takes the ambulance out of commission i just think the the, the ambulance overheats if i were a mechanic okay if i were a mechanic this is what i would say crashing through the fucking wall and hitting ezekiel probably cracked her radiator so that she's re leaking like sure. cooling fluid or whatever so that the the engine block is going to overheat and she's going to like fuck up her spark plugs and pistons and shit like that um but you know listen yeah so Arahi also said, maybe they've you know zapped the top of the roof and that's what fucked it up who knows right saying wait wait in the chat i do i do want to i did skip over this yes this, yes they shocked the roof with the defibrillator yes they power Cassie tells the kids to charge up the defibrillator and they time it so that when he lands, when Ezekiel lands on the roof, they just like put the paddles against the, the ceiling and they shock it. How do they not all get shocked? Honestly, I'm thinking that like they necessarily shouldn't get shocked, but I don't think it'll, it should transfer through the metal. It goes over the surface. That's like how light, like that's like the lightning strike thing, right? Like, you know. Yeah. Well, so technically speaking. She says, don't touch the sides, which I think yeah. is a recognition that if you zap the top, it's not just going to be the top, right? It's going to conduct all through the right. thing. But the only connection to the ground, like the only ground to the metal, to the electric charge is through rubber tires, right? So there's the no way for that. The rubber tires isn't actually like, like that's like like a, a misnomer. It's, I, don't, I know when, it, when, when lightning hits the, the top of a car, like, I don't think electricity... I don't know. This is this is physics that I don't, I don't <clears throat> so know. So I do. So no, no, no. I do understand. Part part of this is that rubber does conduct elect electricity, but just has such insanely high 
resistance that it is considered to be insulated, right? So the idea is a lightning strike. If if somebody like if I'm wearing sneakers with rubber soles and lightning hits me, the lightning still goes through the rubber. The, right. the rubber still conducts the, the 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 electricity just because a lightning strike is so many, I guess, joules of electricity. It's not watts or anything like that. It's it would be joules of energy, right? Um, that it would conduct through the otherwise insulated rubber, right? But the idea is that for most electric shocks, that wouldn't happen, right? That wouldn't right. that wouldn't conduct. And it is also why you know stuff like if I were to like if I were in a helicopter and you were to drop me onto a set of power lines and I were to grab one power line, I would not be electrocuted, right? right? Because the 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 resistance of the human body is bigger than the resistance of the wire. This is why like squirrels can run along power lines without right. getting electrocuted either. But if I were to pull the power line down to the ground on my rubber sole and hit the thing, I would conduct into the ground because right. electricity is looking to ground itself, right? It would conduct through me into the ground. Sure. And so theoretically, when they charge the top of the car, I don't actually think Ezekiel would take the electric charge. I think just the electricity would be in the would just be in the metal yeah, it, until it would be like it, it would, would be like when like it, yeah it would it would disperse but it would be like when you know how like when you get an electric charge and then you hit a ground and yeah. you zap yourself it would be like that but it would be for like 10,000 volts or however many volts is in a defibrillator. They would step out of the car and the second their foot touches the ground, the, uh, and they were touching, I guess, the side, the metal, any of the metal parts of the car. The, wouldn't they conduct that electricity? Where does I, the, I, the electricity I, I, has to go somewhere? I think the electricity, like the electricity, can't like it's, it's not like the 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 ambulance is a battery. It would not like the charge would not hold. That's in, true. Holding the ambulance it would probably dissipate. But I'm not convinced that it would pass through. Like, first of all, I don't think that the roof of the ambulance is a single like sheet of metal, right? Like, I don't think that's mm. how like cars work. Um, oh yeah, that's true. It's not like it's going to like the electricity is going to pass through individual bolts and stuff like that. Yeah, I like I, I think in theory it would have to pass through like the roof is not the right place to do it. You want to like do it like at a piece where it would wrap around and then like sh like flow up to the outside. But like I also I don't. I also don't think that the metal on the top of an ambulance is probably not the same as the metal on the out. Right. Do you know what I mean? That's not one sheet of right. metal. That's probably and, two sheets. And with if like it is, something. it would have to like you know wrap out and around and back up the top, right? Like I, I just don't think this is how electricity <laughs> works. And I also don't think that if Ezekiel were to, you know what? Whatever. Who cares? <laughs> It's wild. But do you understand why this movie has broken my? Do you understand why this movie has broken my brain? My favorite part, though, I have to. I have to talk about this. Earlier in the movie, there's a part where they talk about the fire at the docks, okay? She goes to the fire at the docks. A guy dies, and she sees it with her precog powers. And I thought she was going to save his life, but nope, he just gets to stay dead. Get fucked. He's black, I guess, okay? So they mentioned as a background detail. That's supposed to be, okay. I, think, I think that's supposed to be her, like, Uncle Ben moment, right? Like, you know. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's, that, okay, you know what? That's fair. Um this guy that we have met for one previous scene, right? Um, they mention that the fire is at a fireworks factory and it could go up at any minute, right? And I was like, oh, whoa. Like, it's like, it's such a Chekhov's gun. I was sitting there. I was like, you don't say the words fireworks factory if the fireworks don't fucking explode in the fire at the dock at the fucking fireworks factory, right? But no, then it doesn't happen. I was sitting there. 
was like, this movie is giving me such blue balls. Why the fuck would they say that this is at a fireworks factory if or fireworks warehouse or whatever it is if they're not going to blow up the yeah, fireworks no, it, warehouse? It, it, is, it is the most <laughs> fucking like, like what, what's... What's the word like? Like you know, subversion of expectations. Like it's it's like yeah. there's a fire at the fireworks factory, and like Cassie's words, he's like, "Oh no, I'm having problems." And then he gets hit with a truck, right? Like <laughs> they, don't even, they don't even show the fire. The fire is fine. She's just giving CPR to a guy on the like out front or whatever. I was just like, "What on earth?" Okay, but then the true honestly, this movie is genius. Okay, I've come around on it. Greatest planning payoff of my fucking life. But then. They're talking about, we have to beat Ezekiel. He's chasing us in these cars. And then she realizes, oh my God, the ambulance just broke down and we're near the fireworks factory. I was going to say, so how did she get to the fireworks factory? Like, they just happen to be next to the fireworks factory? Like, uh, Yeah, I guess so. The By the way, the Pepsi-Cola fireworks factory, because there's a big, giant neon light on top of the fireworks factory that says Pepsi-Cola. Technically, I think it's a warehouse. I keep calling it a factory. Whatever. It's a warehouse, right? So, so, a, a, couple, so a couple of things here. <laughs> One, I want to point out that, like, early in the movie, she, like, falls into the water. This awakens her powers. And it does a bunch of, like, little pre, you know, like... Things that get connected to later. One of these is the S from the PepsiCo factory. I thought that was neat, except then the S isn't what fucking falls on Ezekiel. It's the P. For like, no relationship. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and so they go through the fireworks factory where they're intentionally setting off all of these fireworks. She basically hands them a bunch of road flares and she goes, throw these in open crates of fireworks. And the idea is that she's using her precog powers to know when the random fireworks are going off so that she can you know tell the girls to dodge or she eventually picks up this like flange of metal and is using it like Captain America's shield to like protect them from like stray fucking fireworks okay and as a part of all of this the Pepsi Cola sign at the top of the building because she calls in to get like the, to get them a helicopter or something um to get them off the Which roof she she precogs it saving the girls, and instead, Ezekiel fireworks bends a firework into the helicopter, which explodes. Yeah, the firework, it really does look like fire. I didn't, I didn't understand. I was like, did he just, like, hit it? Is he just, like, smacking it out of the sky? Because the firework is shooting at Ezekiel, and then I guess maybe it just bounces off like of him and shoots up somehow. in. Yeah. yeah, it looks like he deflects it somehow, but I was just like, I don't understand. And he's in this black suit against the black night sky, and I just, I couldn't see. I couldn't figure out what, what was going on. Um, and and then it shoots into the helicopter, and the helicopter blows up, and there's like a gigantic, fiery yeah. explosion. I, I, was I was just like, like oh, so this is when it's going to reset. She's going to have to fix that. And she doesn't. She like literally <laughs> called in that helicopter just to kill them, right? Like it didn't serve any purpose. Oh my god! I didn't think about it like that. Yeah, calls in the helicopter just to kill them. Yeah, and then uh, Ezekiel puts all three girls in mortal danger at once, and he's like, "You can't all save them at once." And then she's like, "Really? Try me." And I guess she astrally projects through the time, like she is running three separate timelines where she goes to help all three girls at once, which apparently works, but then Ezekiel just attacks her directly because she's right in front of him. And obviously that 
that word she doesn't defend herself from that at all and then she knows that the s from the pepsi cola sign is about to collapse and so she maneuvers him to where the s is going to be the s traps him but does not kill him long enough that she can deliver a one liner it wasn't the s that I... it was the p it was the p from the fucking sign cuz i was well, one... no, no 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 the s is what locks him in okay. behind the sign and then the whole thing collapses and he falls this falls to the ground and the p from the pepsi because remember this is Disney's, Marvel's, Sony's, Madam Web, a Spider-Man story brought to you by Pepsi-Cola. The P from Pepsi is the real superhero because it falls on Ezekiel and crushes him to death at the end of it. So, and, in the, and then she falls into the river, I guess, at that point. Yeah. It falls into the river, which breaks her spine and also uh, a firework blinds her, I guess. Because, you know. So the thing, the thing I wanted to, to get to first is that <clears> after <throat> she's rescued from the water, right, she, like, goes to the hospital, right? And then she goes home. Or, no, she didn't go to the hospital. Ben looks over and is like, you're fine. She has her first deja vu moment. But then he goes to, like, a, a what we find out is, is his his sister's baby shower, which he brings mm. into as the plus one, and not the person he's in love with, right? Like, like this person that he has already told Cassie is the person that he is, he is with and he loves. Instead, he brings Cassie also... You know, Ben references her at, like, you know, re- like, Mary calls Cassie his partner, which is, like, way too ambiguous. Because like, it's, it's ambulance partner. Because they're, para- yeah, they're paramedics together, yeah. yeah. But, anyway, the, the, reason, the reason the Pepsi thing sticks is because he, he hands her a Pepsi with the label out. Right, like you know, like you know, classic product placement. It's like, what I can't have a beer. It's like, you know, standard protocol. Can't have a drink twenty four hours after almost drowning. It's like, is that a protocol? I don't know. It's like they didn't even bother like make it make sense. Um, Honestly, my favorite thing about the Pepsi that she hands him is it uses the old Pepsi logo. It it's a it's a period accurate two thousand three Pepsi. Honestly, the 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 set design of this movie is I I was surprised at how great it was. It's sort of like you know how like when you watch like a movie that's like now but it's like set in the seventies and they're all using like period appropriate kind of like cars and shit like that. It was like that, but for Pepsi cans. Like yeah, I mean also so there were, there were a couple of these things like. Um, the other big one I saw, there was a Calvin Klein product placement. Do you know, do you know where that was? Did you catch this? No. This was, um, what's the, 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 the black girl, the, the, the one that turns into like Afro spider woman, right? <laughs> okay. Her, the tops of her underwear were like prominently out with Calvin oh, Klein on yes. the entire time that she was on screen. Yeah. But, Cause like she was dressed like Avril Lavigne. I actually, I, I felt like I, I felt like I like pinned this. She was Avril Lavigne. Okay. These are all like 2000s like female pop stars. Um, Anya, who is the un- undocumented immigrant, was clearly Jennifer Lopez or maybe any other like Hispanic, like Shakira or something like that. And then uh, Julia, I guess Sydney Sweeney's character was like Christina Aguilera. No, she, um, I thought they, she was Britney Spears. She had the schoolgirl outfit. Or Britney Spears. Yeah, she, she had that. Well, I thought Christina Aguilera also had that. That schoolgirl outfit was like the thing that she was like wearing. I was like, they all they did was just like pull from like early 2000s yeah. hot. Yeah. Well, you know, listen, I guess Sydney Sweeney is really hot. I did not realize that was her. But um, but anyway, yeah, I, yeah, I was like, it's crazy. Jailbait, I guess. Guess, right like the, 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 act- <laughs> yeah. the actresses are all adults but like it's like you know it's very weird because like they're all supposed to be like teenagers right like 
Yeah. Yeah, and um, I, 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 I guess that's I don't know. I, I guess that's a real thing. If you want to say, Lou in the chat says that uh, defibrillators are 360 joules. Lightning is a billion. Thank you for uh, fact checking us, <laughs> Lou. It's much appreciated. It is very much appreciated. Yeah. Oh my God. Oh. Yeah. There was also some other. There was like also a lot of like for instance, there was a moment when she goes to strip the strip the license plates off her car the parking lot she drives into has a big thing for beyonce's solo yeah, album right because this was right when beyonce went went solo from destiny's child um there's like a bunch of there's just like a bunch of stuff like that they really made use i have never seen this before but they really made use of their early 2000s pop culture this is i'm kind of like wild to think that this is like when we were when you know like when we were growing up in the 90s right this would have been a, a movie set in the 70s yeah. Also, the thing that's weird about this movie is I was expecting, like, there to be a moment where they, like, this is where the three of them get their powers, right? Like, their blood mixes with Cassie's or with Ezekiel's or something, right? Like, or, like, the poison reacts differently with them because they, like, you know, she, like, I don't know, healing powers out of them. Nope. Just, like, I guess at some point in the future, they all happen to get, independently get spider powers in a way that, like, isn't explained yet, which I guess is fine. But I was like, I was just waiting the whole movie for like that other shoe to drop, right? Like, you know, I thought at the beginning of the movie that at some point there was going to be a time skip in the middle of the movie, and like the, uh, like, I guess this is this is funny because this pairs with um, the Flash and what? Oh, Spider Verse. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Where it's like, I guess Spider Man can change the future, and the Flash can't. Right. Like that. That, that these are these are the rules. Hmm. Um. It's it's in they live in NYC. How hard how hard could it be to get spider powers? I don't know. You know, <laughs> Peter Parker gets born in this movie, right? So like presumably like something happens there, right? Like, um, I do want to say, I will say one good thing about this movie. I think this decision was dumb on like a creative level, and it is wild to me that they went so far with it. But the execution of Cassie Webb being Ben Parker's partner and Ben Parker is just a good guy. They have banter. She comes off terribly. She is like a Karen. I describe her as a Karen in like the post because that's what she felt like. She just felt like a like as if the as if like she stepped on to she stepped on to set one day. She read her first line as like like entitled and mean as possible and everybody was like perfect give me more of that right like it's just crazy the way she delivers her lights but ben whatever his name is schwartzman or something uh is a fantastic ben parker and it is neat getting to see a movie where ben parker does something other than die i like uncle ben as a character Adam this Scott is a neat this is name Oh, I'm sorry, Adam Scott, not Ben Ben Schwartzman. Ben Schwartzman is the um, guy who plays uh, who plays Sonic, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Adam Scott. They're both in Parks and Rec, which yes. is why I confuse them. One is John Ralphio, the other is um, Ben. Ben. His name is Ben in Parks and Rec as well. Oh, his name is Ben in Parks and Rec, and it's Ben in this. Yeah, Ben Wyatt. Whatever. Ben Fucking, Wyatt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ben Ben Wyatt in Parks and Rec. That guy. Um, he's great. He's great, and it's dumb. All of this is dumb. Terrible inclusion. Terrible idea. But he's great. It's like the only positive thing I'll say about this movie. Besides that, it's like really unintentionally funny. I guess. Yeah, I mean, I I like this movie better than The Flash. Um, wow. Yeah, 
Um, I like this movie better than what other fucking movies did did we watch? The Marvels. I probably like this movie better than the Marvels. The Marvels create was the most uh, had the most unforgivable of sins, which was it was fucking boring. Okay, this movie was not boring. (laughs) Ryan in the chat says they were like that guy can really play a (laughs) bad. Oh, oh man. Lou, you should go yeah. watch. If, if you know what, I don't. I don't think you should pay money to watch this movie, but you should watch it when it's like on streaming, or yeah. like. Uh, I don't know. Anyway, it was stupid. <laughs> How was your week, buddy? Let's talk about it. <laughs> Man, so uh, things. Let's let's talk about the most topical thing first. I I went to the. Navy Federal Credit Union NHL in the park series. It, essentially, it's an outdoor hockey game in, oh. in MetLife Stadium, which is why I was in Clifton. I went to the TikTok Diner, which is um, at least like... Oh, fish- famous diner. Yeah, yeah. Um, beforehand, um, we took we were taking my dad... Essentially, it was a combined Christmas birthday gift for him because his birthday was, was on Friday. Um, we went to... Uh, that game which was super fun um the devil like a long lifelong devils fan um it's funny because metlife stadium is across the street from where they used to play in continental airlines arena now they play in prudential center at the prudential center also colloquially known as the rock yeah like two blocks from my dad's house <laughs> yeah in newark um uh but the fun thing was that uh for for all these games they all of the players dress up when they get off the bus and when the it was it was them versus the flyers the flyers came out all dressed up like rocky um I was, uh, and the the devils all came out dressed up in like soprano style tracksuits. Oh, <gasps> yeah! You should go. That's with the, amazing. You should go. Uh, uh, what's it called? Um, oh my god, that's beautiful. I love that. Honestly, I feel like I should be an NHL person who follows the NHL. I like hockey. Was do, do you, did I ever talk about this on the podcast? Hockey was like my game when I was a kid. Um, it was like baseball, where I was a first baseman. I was really good at baseball, and then I also played hockey until uh, getting new pads every year was really expensive, and my family couldn't afford it anymore. And so, um, hockey is like my shit. I really love hockey, um, and um, yeah, no. It, and there was there was some cool stuff. Um, there was some less than cool stuff. So. One of the big things is like the Jonas Brothers are apparently from New Jersey and big Devils fans, so they played a concert before the game. Oh my god! And then the, between the second and the third intermission, they just like throughout the whole game, they're like, "Stay in your seats for Grammy Award-winning Jonas Brothers, Triple Platinum Artist Jonas Brothers, and turn on the lights on your on your uh, the flashlights on your phone to show, you know, to really light up the arena." Like four people did, and no one was paying attention to them. But, <laughs> um, uh. So, so they have uh, uh, a what, what's what's they they have a uh, a goal song, um, uh, uh, which is "Howl" by Gaslight Anthem. Um, uh, do you, are you are you familiar with this at all? The song mm-hmm. I am not. Um, but like whenever they score a goal, they play like a piece of the song, right? Um, but it was pretty cool. Gaslight Anthem was there live. They played a concert between the first and second period. Um, and every time they scored a goal, they ran out on stage and played the 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 anthem song live instead of having it be like the pre-recorded version that they play at the normal games, which I thought was pretty cool. Um, also, this was the thing I was like I was like reading about. It. It was like, oh, they apparently made their goal song in like 2015 to 2016. It's like I wonder why they got what was their old goal song? And their old goal song was uh, "Rock and Roll" by Gary Glitter, which is I assume why they replaced it. Um, <laughs> um, 
Do you uh, do you like hockey? Was it fun? I I find hockey amazingly fun to watch. Um, but I it's also a pretty low scoring game like yeah. soccer. Not which, this you know, one. I, it was six three. Like whoa, yeah, that's right? crazy. Um, but yes, the thing I like about hockey is uh, one, it's brutal. Because there people are checking people all the time, all that kind of stuff. And two, it's graceful. That's what I think. The, the if I were to make a case, okay, for like the like the 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 aesthetic case for the game of hockey, it is that it is a truly great juxtaposition between brutality and force and like grace. Because they are moving fast and they're moving in these huge sweeping, you know, whatever. But then also, like, somebody gets checked into the boards and it's just like, <laughs> it's awesome. That's what I love about hockey. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, I like it as well. I have found that over the years, the game has gotten less hit intensive. I think that's by design. I think that's like a yeah. thing that they intentionally have put into the game. I know that, like, they changed the rules, um, I think, in like the mid aughts to make like the enforcer as kind of like an informal position to be like a thing that doesn't exist anymore. Um, uh, um, but I, I enjoy, I enjoy watching the game. Um, it's, uh, I don't know. Um, it's, it's the thing I also really love about hockey from a game design perspective is power plays, I think are incredibly yeah. awesome. Um, what it, it creates like real moments of tension and drama. So in the, um, for people at home that do not know when a player commits a, uh, a foul, they go into the penalty box for two minutes and, um, they play down a man up to two, uh, if, you can stack penalties, and then like if both teams foul, you can be four on four, um, and it's generally for two minutes, um, uh, uh, or until the uh, the opposing team scores a goal. Um, uh, yeah, and, and that's the power play, right? Is 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 when you are up one or two men. Yeah, so there's this tension between aggression is good. You can use aggression to, you know, like trade possession. Um, if somebody, if like one team has the puck or whatever, you check somebody like hard you can you can probably steal possession but you can also backfire on you right um because you can get fouled for it and you can get put in the penalty box um and so the, I, I think all of that is just like really like an interesting push pull as like a like a spectator it reminds me actually it's funny i would probably make the case that the game design of league of legends is built on this principle because that's how kills work in League of Legends, right? You know, it's not just that, um, you know, your opponent is 300 gold up. It's that they get to influence the map as a power play when they kill you. Yeah. Um, and uh, and I think that, you know, and this is why, like, acing a team in something like League of Legends or an Overwatch or whatever is, like, such a, like, or a powerful Dota. monumental thing. Uh, yeah, being able to, you know, completely own the map um, for however however long that translates to is pretty huge yeah and also there's like there's like the crazier version of this which is um when uh when like if it's towards the end of the game and you're down by like one or two goals and you think you can close the distance you can pull the goalie and essentially give yourself like a six on five power play um although that leaves your net wide open and so like 90 percent of the times when i've seen it like the other team manages to get the get the puck back and like long shots it into the goal which is also always a great a great moment um yeah, that that kind of stuff super fun. Uh, but yeah, no hockey. It was it was a super it was a super fun watch. It was it was a neat game, um, and like they all they have special stuff. Also, it was like it was funny because like I I don't like Philadelphia like constitutionally, um, but like <laughs> uh, they had they had some like they had some good moments because it, like the it's gritty and the NJ Devil are the mascots right, and they had some stuff <laughs> running around. Uh, but like they had this great moment where like. Gritty and the NJ Devil both threw like a cake at like a guy in a Rangers jersey. 
<laughs> yeah, no, it was it was super fun. Uh, but yeah, no, it was it was a great thing. It was also fun just thing to do for the novelty, right? It was like an outdoor game. It was cold, but like you know, it was dealable with. Um, you know, I've been in MetLife Stadium a bunch. Uh, I've been to a bunch of Giants games. Um, but yeah, it was a it was a fun time. Uh, otherwise, I uh, started playing um, Void Stranger. Um, just because it was a fun game that I could play, or it was a game I could play on the uh, on the road. Um, I don't. I, I get the impression that this is like one of these games that's like simple on the surface, but actually has like ten thousand layers of secrets. Um, and so I'm not deep enough into it to to find that yet. But that that uh, those are the big things in my week. Um, although I do want to wrap around to we were talking about maybe getting to Hell Divers. Um, Something that happened this week, I think as a result of Helldivers, was um, Starship Troopers re-entered the Twitter discourse. I don't know if you saw Oh my it, god, I hated so much of this, but yes, I understand. Um, do you want to talk about your week or do you want to talk about Starship Troopers? I'll, I'll let... uh, I, oh man, we almost should do, I feel like we should do like a Starship Troopers episode. There's a lot there. Yeah, no, um, I, so the, the thing I want to say is that like I'm going to start listening to Heinlein's Starship Trooper on tape. Because my understanding of it is that the source material is um you know critics will call it fascistic but it's like it it is if the movie is supposed to be like the the propaganda satire version like the book is a is a um what's the word a sincere uh a sincere embracing of like you know civil you know becoming a soldier to like defend your country type thing um and there was discourse all over the internet but we don't have to go into that now if you don't want to but you, you, you. I, you know, I honestly should also do it. I, I my thing that I hate about the the discourse with um like Heinlein and stuff like that is essentially people are just using fascists to say bad guy. Like you can have essentially a a liberal democracy that is a bad, you know, like a bad system. Right. right? Heinlein is not describing a, a fascist state or system. Um, and neither is Starship Troopers the movie. It's using fascist iconography, and I would say that it is still a satire. It's making fun of this whole, like, system. You know, Paul Verhoeven talks about this or whatever, but, like, it's not fascism, and that's, like, it's, it's, it's the kind of thing that is just, like, boiling. It's like calling, it's like, I don't know, it's like calling George Bush a Nazi, right? Yeah. You're saying it because it means bad, not because it is an accurate descriptor of who he is or, you know, like yeah. what he's about. Fascism as an ideology, which is like relatively short-lived and like, you know, we, we don't have to go into like the political Yeah, we don't have to go into that. We could do an episode. I love Starship Troopers, the movie. I actually think that's a lot of fun. It's it's a lot of fun in the way that, um and like, uh, I don't know, whatever. We'll, we'll Maybe we'll talk about it later because I do want to talk about some stuff. I have been getting into Humankind. After we talked about it last week on the podcast, I was like, you know what? I'm going to give it to the real college try. Let's go back to Humankind and like actually do it. And it just, it like, it actually like hooked me this time. Uh, when I started playing before, I, I was a little overloaded by the systems. And um, I honestly just spent about 10 minutes go like browsing the like some like noob question threads. Um, they're just like, what are some things I should know? And people just gave a couple of like answers or whatever. I just spent 10 minutes like reading those and it just helped orient kind of my sort of thought process uh, when like entering into um uh, my, like my new humankind game, I played a game extremely deeply where I basically won. I won pretty quickly, um, and then I started up a second game where I also won pretty quickly. Uh, both games were mostly uh, the thing I didn't realize was I was playing on 
like beginner easy mode basically um but i just like i hadn't seen the to- the difficulty toggle when i was setting up the games i thought the difficulty was in because one of the things that they you do is you are playing against um like ai opponents right and you can set the levels for the ai components or the opponents to be expert advanced or whatever i thought that was effectively the difficulty slider uh but i was ex- effectively playing expert ai on beginner difficulty uh and i was like oh i understand why i'm just like running away with these games so i have now started a third game where um i'm doing pretty well but i have cho- i have chosen to take a pretty interesting kind of path with my like cultures or whatever because i was like the third or fourth person to the in <clears throat> in humankind when you advance from age to age it's one of the things i like about it you choose a culture for that age only and when you move to the next age you get to choose f- from the next band of cultures and cultures are exclusive so two players cannot have the same culture so when i moved into the the next phase from whatever it was, the classical era to the medieval era. Um, I, or maybe it was like from the ancient era to the classical era, whatever it was, I don't remember. Um, so my favorite, the, the cultures that I was kind of gunning for had both been taken. And I was like, man, what do I do? And I realized that I could take, I could essentially give myself a do-over because if you take the Polynesian culture, you can sail without taking damage from open seas. Um, and humankind has a feature where most that you can you can have a new world right that gets discovered um which is an empty continent with no major civilizations on there um so i am now on mission make a take over a whole continent by myself two eras before anyone else will be able to reach this continent basically uh and we're gonna see how that goes uh you know it's 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 working out okay so far <laughs> nice. um yeah i don't know there's a lot to love about humankind and after playing it for a while i just feel like boy it it tickles a couple of the things that i really want out of some of these civ games um for instance being clever with armies is really fun um because one of the things that defines all of these games, I think these are Amplitude Studios, because Endless Legend and Endless Space also work this way. You fight the map, you fight your battles on the map, right? So you have an army, your army is four units and it gets bigger later kind of thing. Uh, but when you clash into another army, you get to place your guys on the map and there's all these like bonuses for like attacking or whatever. Um, and uh, there's just like a lot of like neat stuff that I was able to do with like unique units. Uh, like one of the cultures that I was playing on one of my games has archers who take no fire penalty for being for indirect fire so you can shoot over like mountains or whatever which makes no sense obviously um but it's just like it's like fun to abuse that kind of stuff uh and do um i don't know just like do do that kind of stuff uh humankind has been most of what i've been playing i've been playing a little bit of uh i've been playing a little bit of world of warcraft you know just like playing alts and stuff like that i essentially have made baron the perfect he's item level 488 and he could be higher obviously like i could theoretically be like item level 490 something if i was like mythic rating or whatever but like for my purposes i have like two upgrades that i could get and like the chances of getting them are so wildly low that it's kind of like kind of not even worth my time to be playing baron anymore so i've been running around on dazanji my prot paladin um, or my everything paladin because I've been healing and DPSing on him too. So you know it's just like a mix of all of those of all of those things, all that stuff. Very cool. Yeah, I uh, what I do. I went and I did the weekly earlier today and some quests because I'm trying to like max out um, the 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 sniffin or the lift whatever they they're called the. Oh yeah 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 the niffin niffin yeah, um, yeah. Uh, otherwise you know uh, 
I'm probably going to play some more Street Fighter. I just haven't because I, I was not in uh, at my computer. Um, uh, yeah. And then in a couple <coughs> weeks, yeah. uh, the new Crusader Kings expansion comes out. So I'm going to check that out. Um, mm. And on March 4th, I believe is what it is. Um, and uh, maybe we'll check out Helldivers. That does look interesting. I do. I I I do want to want to see if Helldivers is like the real deal. I love this archetype of game quite a lot. Um, but uh, uh, you know, who knows? Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, you know, there there have been people that have been uh, interested in it that we know. So maybe, maybe we'll, we'll we'll give a we'll check a look as uh, as Devolver people like to say. Um, yeah. Uh, uh, do, do. I feel like Buddy is downplaying how much he has been talking about Helldivers. Um, is this true? Uh, I have been hearing about Helldivers from people in my in my sort of sphere. Um, by a bunch of it, 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 it's sort of like Dark Tide. It's sort of like that Dark Tide niche, um, which is funny because other friends of mine have gotten into Dark Tide and they've been like, "You should come play Dark Tide," and I'm like. Fuck, because I really love that game. Um, but I think the thing that I'm interested in with Helldivers, nothing has hit a third-person niche for this for a long time, basically since Anthem, actually, um, as a as an unapologetic Anthem enjoyer um, and Mass Effect enjoyer also. Mass Effect was also a third-person PvE squad shooter. Um, my hope is that Helldivers can hit a similar sort of you know kind of feel for the way that those uh, the way that those played. Um, and I don't know what we can what we can do with them. I wonder if there's like Anthem private servers. Could you imagine if I could go play Anthem right now? Fuck. Uh, I don't think so. I think EA locked all that code down, and I don't think anybody cared enough to make a private server. Like you, you were, uh, yeah, you were uh, like yeah. literally the only person I think that was like very into Anthem. You know what's funny? I mentioned Anthem the other day in my Akupara like work Slack. I was like, God, I miss Anthem, and I like it, the that thread took off like everybody was like oh my god i loved anthem i always you know i wish they added more content i was so excited for more content right like all this stuff and i was just like man where the fuck were you anthem enjoyers years ago <laughs> yeah I, well there was that there was that one game that we played for a little while that was like also third person it was like kind of like anthem oh i know what you're talking about god what the fuck is that game called uh given that neither of us can remember is maybe why it you know it didn't stick with us uh it was like by square wasn't I'll it yeah, it was Square Enix. It was Outriders. Oh yeah, that sounds about right. Is it, is it, is it, I wonder whatever Out happened to that game. Outriders. Outriders Complete Edition. I guess. Uh, I guess it's done. I guess it's they've they've finished it. Is this is this, is this the right thing? I guess it is. Is I don't remember. It looks kind. I hate these screenshots. These are such bad screenshots. No, that's definitely it. Because it's Technomancer, Pyromancer, Trickster, and Devastator. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. Yeah, I guess this was it. Yeah, I liked Outriders, and I remember saying, like, oh, we be I beat the main campaign. I saw what the grind was. I was like, no thanks, but I'll come back for more, like, later, and then I never did. So. Yeah. It's on Game Pass. It's for, on Game Pass. For what it's worth. Man. Also, I just remember the, the shooting not feeling super good in that game, right? Like, mm -hmm. um, yeah, that was a that was a game that had this paradigm that I like, but you don't like, which is like the idea that shooting is sort of like the downtime filler between using big, powerful abilities, right? Um, which I don't think is the way that you like these shooters to sort of run. Yeah, I mean, I I, I feel that like both Anthem and Outriders, like if you want it to be like that, then you want the 
you want to have a bigger and more varied set of abilities, which I, I don't recall Outriders having, right? Like, the, mm-hmm. like, Diablo works. It's like, there's a filler ability, but it's, like, one of your, like, six. And, like, there's, like, also, like, you know, like, you know, a dozen different ways to go with it. And I actually don't particularly like Diablo 4 the way it goes. I think it's, it's a little <coughs> too, a little too uh, limited. Whereas I, I like, uh, like, you know, Every once in a while, I go back to Path of Exile and I'm like, oh, this is neat, and then drop it because it's too complicated, but uh, um, or too like too itemized. Maybe is the thing. Like, it, you can grind for a lot of things, which like makes the game like, you know, kind of endless in that upgrade way, but also like kind of hard to like do like build work because it's it's so de- dependent on random chance, right? Like, yeah, um, we've talked about this before. Like, one one of my things, one of the things I like doing is kind of like making an off meta build and making it work and like if you can't do that if there aren't enough options for it and you can't do that if or it's, or it's harder to do if uh, it's too hard to like like you know squeeze into the build right like if to, in order to get there um and so a lot of nothing has really scratched my itch there for a little while although i i bought what was this called last epoch maybe um but i haven't played it yet which is a another Diablo style game, um, but with like, you know, each each of the heroes is a particular character, and so it's like locked, which is not my favorite fit way, way of doing things. You know, essentially the the uh, the uh, the characters are gender and like body locked. Um, okay. Yeah. But yeah, um, what else have I done? Have I done anything particularly compelling this week? Otherwise. Uh-huh. I don't think so. I haven't watched anything, I don't think. You watch anything particularly good? I watch more episodes of Clone Wars. Um which uh Uh I have been watching something particularly good, which we should talk about. Um I've been watching the Venture Brothers. Ooh. I bought the the Venture Brothers complete series on a DVD, which came out last year. Um because the final movie, Radiant is the Heart of the Baboon, um, came out and it ends the, you know, like this thing. I have so much to say about Venture Brothers is so good. There are some jokes in Venture Brothers that are so funny. I, and I haven't watched it in a long time, so I've forgotten them. Um, like the other day, I just burst out laughing at like the dumbest joke because I had just forgotten it. I just like didn't remember it. And it was, uh, it was just, it was so good. The Venture Brothers is truly a transcendent piece of media. It's probably the best show. I think, I think it's like the best, man, I don't know. It's maybe the best show I've ever written. I think I think I would make the case that I think it's the best show, um, like the best television show of all time or whatever. But it would be hard to like actually make that. Um, it's certainly my favorite. For a long time, my favorite shows have kind of like waffled between a million different things. You know, Community was for a long time, Kroll Show or whatever else. But just like, man, going back to Venture Brothers, God, this show is so fucking good. It's so fucking smart. There's so many things in here that just pay off in ways that are just, ah. Uh, <sighs> I I feel like I'm never gonna I'm never gonna have moments like I had watching watching Venture Brothers ever again and uh, and that's a unique thing that's a unique thing that not a lot of television delivers on so yeah very cool yeah um yeah I don't really have anything else to talk about unless you do and you wanna I guess uh I guess we're done so yeah all right well. If you'd like to email us about any of the things we talked about on this program or uh, uh, 
or anything else. You can email us at thebeersplaygames.gmail.com or podcast at thebeersplaygames.com. You can follow us on twitch.tv slash thebeersplaygames or youtube.com slash thebeersplaygames where these go out live. Um, uh, that's everything. Oh, uh, rate review us um, on wherever you find podcasts. Links are all in the description. Buddy, do you have anything you're looking to promote? Uh, I have nothing that I'm looking to promote right now. Uh, in which case, I will say uh, until next time, dear listeners. Until next time, loyal listeners. <laughs>